Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet in honor of the word of the Lord. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter number eight. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number eight. It is the most sought out book in all of the Bible. Amen. 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 The book of Deuteronomy. Uh, I'm going to actually, I'm just going to read 10 verses. I'll kind of uh, during the course of my sermon, you'll hear me kind of uh, uh, connect with a number of these verses beyond verse 10, but I'm going to read the first 10 verses. Uh, when you arrive there, say amen. amen. Every commandment which I commend you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of, of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you to, into a good land. Everybody say good land. A land of brooks, of water of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given to you. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again and again, Father, for the word of the Lord, Father. And now, Lord God, we position ourselves to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, take me, take my mind, take my heart, take my mouth, take every part of me and use me, God, to dispense what you want to communicate to your people. May they be greatly encouraged and empowered, God. Moving into next year, God, I pray that you would touch every heart right where they are. Every person that is seeking a word, seeking direction, seeking wisdom, seeking understanding. Today, God, 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will meet every person right where they are. And Father, as always, we'll be careful to give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and be seated in the Lord's presence. This time of year is a season of introspection and reflection. I believe that God in his wisdom, he crafted our days within the context of years. And I believe that God did that so that we can take time out, so that we can ponder, we can reflect, and we can think. How many know that life sometimes can get really, really busy? And if you're not careful to stop on purpose and make some times and evaluate, you'll find yourself just kind of running and not really gaining any traction. So I want you to really think about it as we uh, explore what God wants to talk to us about. My prayer is that you would re really begin to reflect and really begin to think, because what I want you to understand is God is sovereignly in control of every aspect of your life. Every aspect. The good, the bad, the challenging. God is on the throne. I know that some of you, maybe you're, you're looking back at this year. Perhaps you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, Pastor, this was just a terrible year for me. <laughs> Nothing really went the way that I wanted it to go. There were surprises that I was not aware of. How many of you got some surprises? Perhaps you lost some loved ones you weren't expected. I know I lost my mother-in-law. Perhaps you battling some kind of issue relationally. Whatever the case might be, life is always happening. But we must understand that none of this stuff, none of it, catches God by surprise. God is intimately, everybody say intimately, acquainted with every aspect of your life. Every detail of your life. I know sometimes you think to yourself, has anybody ever been going through some things and you kind of look back and you say, God, where are you? Has anybody been just kind of stuck and, and you've been kind of wishing and wanting things to move along and it seems like you just can't get the thing moving? Is anybody in here just feel yourself every now and then just getting frustrated with your situation and you're wondering, God, where are you? Feels like the heavens are brass. And it's in those moments where you're tempted, where you really begin to uh, you're tempted to doubt God, or you're tempted to wonder, or you're tempted to go off course because God is, has, has not kind of given you what you think you ought to have. All of us have been there. <laughs> Here's what I've discovered in life. When God is at, is at his quietest, 
that's when he is doing the most profound work. You remember Jesus said this. Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Anybody remember that passage? When I first read that, it kind of boggled me a little bit because if you read the, if you know your Bible just a little bit, Jesus clearly said he came to die. He came, he said, to give my life a ransom for many. He knew that he was to die. He knew that he was to suffer. He knew that he was to give his life, his flesh, for the world. He knew that. But yet, when he's hanging on the cross, he says words that are perplexing. perplexing. He says, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Because, you see, you got to understand that Jesus was not only 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And in his humanity, he felt that God had left him. In his humanity. And, And he was there. He knows. He knew what was happening. But in that particular moment, God, why have you forsaken me? How do we know? God never forsook him. It was at that particular moment right there when God was doing his most profound work. It was in the moment when Jesus was about, when everything was culminating, you're hearing me, when it was time for him to die, it was, it was a moment, it was, his God, it was his moment, it was his purpose, and right there, Jesus said, God, why? Has anybody ever said, God, why? You feel like it. I know that. I get it. You feel like God has taken a vacation on your life. Yeah, you know the verses, right? You know the verses. You know, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I I hear that, but I don't always feel that. Mm. (laughs) Somebody's going to get help real good today. See, you don't, always, you don't always feel that, but it does not mean that God is not working. In fact, if you can see it in the spirit realm, there's a whole lot of activity. And I can almost hear him saying in the spirit, hold on, sister, hold on, brother. And in the background, God is pulling strings. He's operating. But to you, you seem like you're sitting still. You are not sitting still. God is working. Good God, he's always working. (laughs) Yes, sir. God is working even right now in your situation that you're somewhat frustrated about. But you're thinking to yourself, God, where are you? At that moment, it's in those moments when it seems like everything is stuck. I find out that God does his best work. He does his best work. And you're upset. I love this verse. (laughs) Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Hear this, church. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. In your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. 
Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Psalm 32, 8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with mine eye. All right, hear this. Anybody ever heard of the phrase eye candy? You are eye candy to God. God looks at you. And God constantly, he watches every single minute detail of your life. I mean, you know, the Bible says he's omniscient. You know what omniscient means? He's all-knowing. God knows everything. And, and, and amid all of that stuff, God, did I tell you what the title of my message was today? Charted, by the way, charted. C-H-A-R-T-E-D, charted. Throw that in there. God is charting a course. God is working. God has a plan. And in, in fact, I'm going to give you a couple of verses to show you. Psalm 37, 23. Listen to this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Simply put, God has mapped out a course for you. The steps of a good man. You know what, you know what a good man is? A good man is a person that has a God consciousness. A person that's seeking God, that's, that's running after God, that's seeking his direction, that's, 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 that's trying to figure out, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? The Bible says that man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Though you're walking and think you're in charge, no, really, God is in charge. And ultimately, you're going to land right where he wants you to be. If I had time, I'd really show you about the sovereignty of God. You know, they killed Jesus. They thought they killed Jesus, but they didn't, right? You know who put Jesus on that cross? God said it pleased the Father to bruise him. How many know that if you think that your will can supersede God's will, you are tripping? <laughs> you are on drugs. God is sovereign. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How did that happen, Pastor? Because he's God. Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody knows this verse, right? I want you to hear this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So check this out, church. Not only is he directing your steps, but God's already got your future. He's thinking about your future. How many of you worried about your future? How many of you, you're just over-concerned by God says, I already got a future. I got a plan for you. Psalm 139, verses 15 through 16. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. What was written? The days fashioned for me. When as yet there was none of them. <laughs> God already allotted you a certain number of days. Do you get what God is saying here? God is in control. He has a plan. He's mapped it out. And he is not going to abandon them. How many know that God is faithful? Even when you're not faithful, God cannot deny himself. He's faithful. That's why we love him so much. Ephesians 1.4, just as he chose, everybody say chose, 
us in him, watch this, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God was thinking about you before he even laid any part of the foundations of the earth. Oh, oh, you thought, you, you thought that God just started working in you the moment you gave your life to him. No, God has been chasing you from the foundations of the earth. <laughs> you just realized it. God predestined. So what this tells me is that God has charted a course for me. God has been pulling strings on my behalf. God, God has a plan. He has a future. He's directing my steps every single day, even, 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 even God has allotted for some of your stupidity. Yeah, God has, yeah, God has accounted for some of the dumb decisions that he knew before he saved you that you would do. God already figured all that out. I know for you it was a shock that you did that. <laughs> I could believe I did that. <laughs> yeah, believe it. It's, it's a junk. It's, it's messy. But God allotted, God allotted for all of that. And still, he chooses to love you anyhow. Now, let's keep going, which brings us to our main text. You got to love Deuteronomy chapter 8, because let me give you some background here. The children of Israel had been in the wilderness for some 40 years. They had been having a rough time, if you will, believing God, and God had to take them through a series of things, and God initially wanted to take them through a more direct route to the land of promise. Would have took them a lot less time, but, but God, again, accounted for their foolishness, and and God came up with another way in order to bring them to the place that he wanted to bring him. But it's something interesting. I want you to look at verse number two. I, I want you to capture this verse. And it says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you. Now, you know, y'all sit with me. Please say amen. amen. Led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Stop right there. God led them, how many years? In the wilderness. Who led them? Say that again. Who? Who? God God led them in the wilderness. Not for a couple of days. Not for a couple of weeks. Not for a couple of months. Forty years. God. Now, just in case you're wondering, you know, the wilderness, as you read the scriptures, the wilderness is not always the best place, at least from a human standpoint. See, the wilderness represents that place of confusion. Anybody ever been in the wilderness of life? Ah, yeah, you're trying to figure it out. You can't. You're confused. You're perplexed. Anybody ever been perplexed? It's the place of nothingness. How many know the children of Israel, many of them were roaming around, and, and they just felt like ain't nothing happening. God is right with, and, and you remember, how many times did they get mad at God and they stopped following God, and God had to over and over again go back and get them? Because they would get so frustrated, and they'd be like, we're tired of this manna. 
we're tired. We long filet mignon. We want McDonald's. No. Uh. Okay. We don't know what's good for us. We eat, um, anyway, that's a whole other sermon. So listen. All right, so the pla- it's the place of nothingness. It's, it's the place of frustration. It's the place when, when, when you're in the wilderness, you get so upset, you get so mad that, that instead of speaking to the rock, you're like Moses. You take this stick and you slam it up against the rock. Because you're mad. You're frustrated because the situation has not changed because I'm, I'm, I'm in this wilderness. I don't deserve to be in the wilderness. I, I'm a man, a woman of God. Yeah, well. Can I ask you again? Who led them into the wilderness? God. Hmm. Who has a plan for your life? God. Who's sovereignly in control of your life? God. Oh, I'm glad you said you're preaching for me today. Good. <laughs> See, the wilderness is the place when God gets you into spiritual shape. It's when he cut the sin fat off of your life. It is the place where he begins to refine your character. He begins to change you, to mold you, to, to remake you. In your mind, you're thinking, I'm stuck. But in God's mind, you're right where I want you to be. Isn't it funny? <laughs> Isn't it funny that we don't always see that? See, it's God. The wilderness is that place. It's like spiritual boot camp. It's like what God does. And for some of us, depending on where you are, you be there for a minute. Because part of the problem is you don't even think you're supposed to be in the wilderness. Because you think you already got it. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. Now watch this, verse 2. What what else did he say in there? He says, watch this. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God who fed you all these 40 years in the wilderness. Watch this. To humble. Everybody say humble. Humble. To humble you. You know what humility really means? If you you really want to strip it all down. Humility is really coming to a place where you are absolutely, totally, unequivocally, Dependent on God for everything. You know, the pride of man is a sneaky thing. I mean, pride sneaks up on you in, in very subtle ways. Somebody come in, you see somebody who's a little bit lower than you, not quite your educational level, can't talk like you, don't look like you. You tend to look at them like, you don't say it. Of course you don't say it. But you have to battle this thought that I'm a little bit better. And the fact of the matter is nobody's better than nobody. Everything you got, God gave it to you. So you are the Paul, so why are you bragging like it's something that you did? You did everything about your life. So what God has to do, he has to humble us. He has to bring us down to where we got, that we realize that we got nothing else but him. 
Mm. That's, that's how God gets you humble. He, he, he strips you. He strips you of your pride. He strips you of your arrogance. He strips you of those little quiet places that you think are okay. And, and I, mean, I mean you have been walking with God long enough to know that God sometimes shows you stuff about yourself that you didn't know about yourself, that you didn't think about yourself, and you realize that you're a bad self. Amen. I don't get all that, but you get it. <laughs> see, see, oftentimes, what, I, what I've discovered here is, is, is that oftentimes um, we, God has to show you to yourself because you don't really know yourself. Oh, my goodness. You don't really know yourself. Because if you had to tell your own narrative, you would pump yourself up. If somebody write me a biography, boy, you would hook it up. You would leave all those gory details out. And you know what? A lot of times we're sincere. But, you know, a person that is hum humble, they realize, you know, I'm not sure, God. I, I think I'm okay, but I don't know. See, that's why you need other people to help you see. See, if you got a problem with other people speaking into your life, you're in trouble. Mm. Ah, watch this. We'll keep going. Watch this. <laughs> so God has to humble us. So what God was doing in the wilderness was doing with them in the wilderness, just like he's doing with you. God got to break you from yourself, from your education, from all of your degrees, your PhDs. What did Paul say, by the way, about his PhDs and all his degrees? Paul says, I count them all but rubbish. Paul said, everything I ever learned when I came to Christ, <laughs> it don't match up. I'm giving up everything for him. Because I realize that everything else, it ain't what it looks to be. Now, now watch this. He says, now, y'all see with me? Say amen. Watch. He said, and the Lord God said, remember the Lord your God, still in verse 2, led you all the way these 40 years to humble you. Watch this. And to test you to know what was in your heart. Uh-oh. Wow. Mm, your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Even on the best day, you, you got to ask yourself, am I really? <laughs> Let me back up. How many know that you can make yourself believe whatever you want to believe? You can manipulate circumstances and situations. The Bible says your heart is desperately wicked. Don't trust your heart. <laughs> Give it to God every day. Give it to God. Because we as humans, we will, we, listen, listen, when we get fixated on something, we want something, we can manipulate. We, we, I mean, no, we've learned to manipulate real good. All, all of us are manipulators to some extent. Some are a little bit more polished than others. <laughs> but we all, our heart is this deceptively wicked. That means that, that we think, though, we okay. I know that's bad English, but we think that we're okay. I, I'm good. Your heart will tell you that you're okay. You're all right. 
This is why David prays stuff like, creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. God, see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me. David didn't trust his heart. David said, God, I don't know. I think I'm okay. But probably not, God. Please come in here, God. Show me. Your heart is deceptively wicked. Ah. See, the test, he says, all this was done as a test, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep. Everybody say keep. Keep his commandments or not. Now, 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 y'all still listening? Say amen. amen. Understand something. You know, when the pressures of life tends to hit you, how do you respond? There are a lot of, you know, Adam and Eve, they failed at that, right? You remember? Um, when the pressure came, when temptation came, when they took of the forbidden fruit, what happened? All of creation was plunged into sin by that one act of disobedience. And see, here's what happens is oftentimes, oftentimes when life pressures come on us and things are not unfolding the way that we want them to unfold, some people will stop following God. I ain't going to read my Bible like I used to. I'll serve, but my heart ain't in it. Get mad like God is like tripping. He said, I want to test you to see that when the pressure comes, that watch this, watch this, that you keep my commandments. Even when it's hard for you. Even when none of this stuff makes sense. How many of you know that the pressure cooker has a way of bringing up some stuff? Not until you get in that crock pot, baby, where you really realize who you really are in part. Even then you got to pray still. (laughs) <laughs> so the test for them and the test for you and I, what God is wanting to know is, some of you right there, you're in the wilderness light and you're trying to figure it out. Here's the thing. Are you going to walk with God in the midst of all of this or are you going to get mad and lay down and lay back? Are you going to be that person that persevere in obedience Or are you going to be a person that is going to falter in their character? You know, sometimes when things don't go the way we want them to go, we can manipulate certain situations. And then we can compromise our character and our integrity. How many know that's the worst thing you can do as a believer? Just because it gets hard. See, God is watching. Remember we said earlier, remember, God sees everything. How many know God sees lying? He sees deception. He knows when you're manipulating. Oh, I can fool Sister Peggy. I can fool the first lady. I give a couple nice words. It's all good. She thinks she don't realize that I just got it. No, you didn't get nothing. Did God just watch all of your stuff? And God says, you remember David when he sinned? And David was all happy. I got that, Sheba. But the Bible said, but the thing David did displeased the Lord. And the Lord said, no, David, you did it in secret, but I'm going to show you yourself openly. It's hard when you want to be a leader. It's harder. But understand something, what God was saying, and what God is saying to you and I today, 
that God want to test you to see, are you going to keep following God even when things don't make sense? Or are you one of those who are what I call seasonal Christians? When it's going good, I serve him. When it's going bad, I don't know. It's a test. Everybody say a test. Now, understand something about the test. Now, let's look at this verse, because this is, this is, I want to make sure everybody get this. I don't want nobody to miss this one. It says, um, going back to verse 2, And you shall remember the Lord your God, who led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled, watch this, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. How many know that God already know what you're going to do? <laughs> do you really think the God is like, oh, oh, I could believe after all I've done that Johnny did that? I'm, I'm making up some names here. How can how you know God ain't sitting back going, oh, shocked? You know, he said what concerning the children of Israel, you know what he said? He said this. He said, well, he told Moses right before he died, he said, Moses, I'm going to lead them to the land of promise, but you need to know something. They're stiff-necked people. They're going to disobey. How <laughs> I many know that God already knows what you're going to do? He don't need to see The test is for you. Let me say that again, because some of you still didn't get it. The test is for you. God has to let things play out so that you can see where you are at. So if, you don't, so if you don't go through the test, if you don't go through the experiment, you, you never really would know what you're made of. So God said, so look, God let you go through all this stuff because God already knows what you're going to do. But he has to let it play out because he has to, again, show you yourself. Now, I want you to, I want you to remember this still, though. Watch this. This is all part of the wilderness that who led them into? God. You follow me now? Yeah, it's frustrating. It seems like nothing is happening. Yeah, there have been a couple. How many had a couple battles with God? You know. I mean, you lost every one of them. <laughs> You're going to keep losing. <laughs> Forget it. You ain't going to win. You ain't going to win. Don't even try to. Don't even think about it. So the test is for you. God allows you to go through it. Like, like, like kind of. Like, like this saying, this bud is for you. This bud, you bud, is for you. This test is for you. Not bud, 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 y'all. Not that bud. I'm like bud, like buddy. This bud, buddy, is for you. So you got to qualify things here because people run off and say, Pastor Baylor was saying that God was trying to give me a Budweiser. And I didn't say that. But you know, the scripture says in verse number three that God, let me come over here, that God let them go hungry. Now, to a person who's looking at that on the outside, you look at that and you think to yourself, that's awfully cruel. Does it sound becoming of God that he will let you go hungry? I mean, from all your theology and from everything you've been taught about God. That verse said that God let them go hungry. 
I'm just telling you what the scripture says. Now, some of you are in the wilderness of life and you are hungry. You are hungry to get out. You are hungry. You want freedom, baby. You want out of this wilderness, quick, fast, and in the hurry. You are hungry for a breakthrough. Is anybody hungry for a breakthrough? Amen. You're hungry. You're like, God, I'm ready. God, now is the time. I'm ready. I'm hungry, God, for a move of God. This is my season. You know, we say it every time this year. Amen. This is my season, 2014. This is my season. This, yeah, every year is your season. <laughs> This is my year. Oh, yes, this is your year. <laughs> God let them go hungry because he had to teach them that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God would do what he needs to do to get you to a place where you really understand that you've got to rely on him. Because reality, your natural proclivity is this. Naturally, We'll take the blessing and run. I'm a pastor. I've been doing this thing for a long time. I've seen people get the blessing of God, man, and they don't show up at church. They, they off to Hawaii. Well, you've been for a month or two. God bless. Don't see him no more. Oh, but before, oh, God, oh, God, if you bless me, our natural disposition is that when we get the blessing, we run. You've got to force yourself when everything is going well in your life. When everything is going well in life, you got to force yourself to pray. Amen. When it's all going, am I right about it? When everything is going really, really good, man, you're like, what did I pray? It's, so it's, it's easy for you to take all the blessing and just run with it. Yeah, Adam and Eve took the, what they thought was a blessing they ran with it. It was a curse. It wasn't a blessing at all. So God lets you go hungry, not because he's not a good God. It is exactly because he is a good God who has good plans for you. And Father knows best. Anybody remember that show? Amen. Father knows best. Yeah, you're in the wilderness. Yeah, it seems like I don't understand. I was talking to someone this morning before I preached, and huh, they were saying to me how that we just don't know. We, things are just quiet. Yeah, I know. There again, God is doing his most profound work. He'll let you go hungry for a minute. Everybody say for a minute. For a minute. But it ain't going to kill you. It's going to bless you. In fact, look at, look at, look at, I'm coming down. I'm about to land the plane. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number eight. I'm sorry, you're in chapter eight. Look at verse seven and 10. Look at this, verses seven through 10. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, the land of brooks, of water, fountains, springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranate, a land of olive oil, honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. How many know God ain't lacking nothing? Come on, the Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's a real theological, nice-looking way of saying God owns it all. In which you would like nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you've eaten and are full, everybody say full, then you shall bless the Lord your God. 
in the good land that he has given you. Yeah? So God's plan, all the law, all that stuff they went through. Hear me. You see, this is the most important part of the message. Hear this. And all of that wilderness experience that they were going through, all of that frustration, all of that silence, all of that, all the while, God was doing what? He was charting. What was God's goal? To bring them into a good land. A land that you would eat without scarcity. A land where you would be blessed. See, see, most people relegate blessing of God to simple chicken and nice cars. I'm just saying food and nice clothing. We think that's the blessing. That's what, but see, the real blessing of God is far greater than that. Don't sell yourself cheap. I mean, God, God thinks on a different level. See, when you, see, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you what? The desires of your heart. But that is born out of somebody who delights in the Lord. How do you know the children of Israel, what do they want? They want it out of Egypt. Did they, didn't they want that? They want it out of slavery. They wanted their own land. They wanted to be dependent. They wanted their own stuff. And all the while, God was going to give them that. But before he gave them that, he said, you got to go through a few things. I'm going to take you through the wilderness. Now, I said all that to say simply this. If you thought for one moment that God left you, then I hope you realize he ain't left you. If you think for one moment that whatever you're going through, I don't know what all of you are going through, but you need to know that whatever complexity, whatever difficulty, that God is still sovereignly, watch this, and he's still plotting your course. God is taking you somewhere. You hear me say this all the time. There is no wasted moments in God. You hear me say that over and over again. Because for the believer, there's not. The question is, the question is, how are you going to respond while you're going through whatever it is that you're going through? See, 2015 is going to be your year, not because everything is going to be perfectly the way that you want. 2015 is going to be your year because God is in control of it. It's going to be your year because God is sovereign. It's going to be your year because you already have the victory. Amen. Somebody needed You already have the victory. Amen. It's going to be your year because Jesus is on the throne. And he is directing the course of your life. So you know what? Here's the thing you gotta, I want you to walk away with. You can't lose. <laughs> no matter what the devil say to you, you can't lose. Because the captain of your ship, I mean, no. That if God be for you, he's better than all the world against you. And all I need to know, brother, all I need to know, sister, is one thing. God, are you with me? Yes, sir. I'm on good. Let's go. I'm good. This is the confidence I have. So I can rejoice every day. I don't have to wait till 2015 to rejoice. Ah, uh, no, y'all ain't getting that. I, I don't have to wait until I get my breakthrough to rejoice. I'm rejoicing now, baby. And I don't have to wait. I'm rejoicing now because God has already shown me that he's in control. He got a plan for my life. He's in charge of my future. So I'm happy already. Amen. So when I go into 2015, I'm going to do what I've been doing all the while. Ain't no change, baby. 
I'm going to dance and get the shot on. Why? Because God has already told me I won. Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads. Lift up your eyes and see the glory of God amid your situation. Know that God is looking down right at you and he sees everything. I know, don't, don't go by your feelings. Your feelings are jacked up. You live by your feelings. That's why the Bible said the just shall live by what? Stop living by your feelings. David said, David had to talk to himself. In the, I think it was Psalm 62. So hope in God. My wife said, encourage yourself. Why? Because you got every reason to be encouraged. Jesus is on the throne. And 2015 is going to be a good year. It's already a good year. And look, guess this. So it's 2016, so it's 2017. Every year, every year, it's going to be your year. Why? Because Jesus got it. Come on, give God a praise, if you will. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you today that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God, we can face our future with confidence, knowing that you have charted our course, knowing, God, that you're in control, knowing, God, that no matter what, we're going to come out on top. God, we are grateful that even, Father God, when we are less than at our best, your mercy is new every day. Every day, God, you kiss us with brand new mercies. Every day, God. And God, we love you for that. God, we love you because we know, God, we know what we are. And God, we are so thankful that you remember us. Though you are high, you look low. God, we thank you, God, that you're making a way out of no way, oh God, and that you're showing yourself strong and that every person under the sound of my voice that love you, God, we thank you in advance for all of the blessing. God, God, from the rising of the sun to when the sun goes down. We worship you. Yay! We worship you, Lord God. We worship you. We will give you praise, God, because you're in charge. <laughs> you're in charge, oh God. You are the king of the earth, and you're the sovereign Lord of our life. And so, God, like the apostle Paul said, your grace is sufficient for us. God, give your people an extra measure of grace. Let us know, God, every moment and every turn that you're with us. Like Moses. Moses said, God, I don't want to go up unless I know that you're with me. If you're with me, God, I'm ready to do it. If you're with me, God, I'll go. God, as long as you're with me, God, I can do all things through Christ. I can do it all. All I need to know, Jesus, is that you're with me. All I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. I just need to know that you're with me. And if you're with me, God, I'm going to be okay. 2015, God, it's a good year. We declare it. I declare, God, 
that your people will rejoice. I declare that your people will walk in victory. I declare that your people will be made whole. I declare, oh God, that whatever is broken will be fixed in the name of Jesus. I declare over your people, oh God, that you would reign grace and that God, that you would open doors that no man can close, close doors that no man can open. Oh God, I declare, God, that you will show yourself mighty as you are because you are mighty God doing great things amongst your people today. And God, we will rejoice. We will rejoice, oh God. Why am I shouting? Because I'm happy in Jesus' name. Hey, Jesus. He bless you. God, we love you. We're thankful today, God. Thank you, Lord, God. you're sitting here today, you have not surrendered your life to Christ. Don't be foolish. Give your life to him today. If you're sitting here, you say, Pastor, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know where my life is headed. I'm completely lost. You need to, right now to start right here. You need to give your life to Jesus. The beginning of your life comes when you're at the end of yourself. Right now. Is there one who say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. I want to get saved today. I want to walk with Jesus. I, I'm not saved. I have no confidence what's going to happen with my life. Is there one who is saved? Jesus, this is love talking. This is love. He said, today if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Love is going to keep chasing you down. Hallelujah. I want everybody else. That's everyone. Just stay to your feet, if you will. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everybody, just come up, just make space, come up to the front. Amen. Just come up to the front at all, everyone, everybody. We're going to say a prayer of blessing over the people of God today. Come on, ushers. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We bless you. We bless you. Let's lift your hands as an act of surrender once again. Father, you see these hands, Lord. You see your people standing before you today. And every one of them, God, are desperate for you. Every one of them, God, needs you. Every one of them, God, is trusting in you. Every one of them, God, is waiting on you. Every one of them, God, loves you. Every one of them, God, as they're standing here today, God, they need you to touch them today. God, I'm asking, Lord God, as the under-shepherd of this house under you, God, that you would meet your people in a significant way. That, God, that you would reveal to your people Reveal to your people, Lord God, your presence and your power. Some are discouraged, Lord God. Some have been disappointed this year. But God, I thank you that you're reminding them that you're still there. As the song said this morning, I'm still here. I'm still here. Now, saints, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for being the light of my life, my glory, the lifter 
of my head. I give you praise because I'm victorious. I renounce everything that is not like you. I cast off baggage. I cast off sin. I cast off everything that doesn't glorify you. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I declare that this will be the year that I will be closer to you than ever before. I declare that your glory will go before me and I will get the victory in everything. In everything. I am victorious. I'm a child of God. I walk in favor because I am favored. I walk in grace because I'm a testimony of your grace. Use me for your glory. I am joyful. I am happy. I am excited because Jesus have won the day in Jesus' name. Come on, give God praise, church. Yeah, God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you feel just a little bit more encouraged this morning? Do you feel like God is with you? Are you confident that God still got your back? He still got your back. If some folk turn their back on you, it's okay. He got your back. God said, I want you to know I got your back. Keep doing what I told you to do. Be faithful. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, God, and to present us faultless before your throne of glory. To him be glory, dominion, and power. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we receive all, God, that you have for us. And we receive it in faith and we receive it with joy. Bless your people today with the best day of their lives in 2014. And God, as always, we will give you the praise. We love you. We praise you. Bless the people of God. Protect the people of God. Watch over our families and our children. And God, we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.